Welcome to Trail Mix, where Mary and Jody sort through life's fruits, sweets, and nuts. Mary Tomlinson and Jody Dreyer, who met when their paths crossed as Disney executives, are now advisors, speakers, and authors, and I'm excited to say podcasters. They can't wait to share life stories and experiences, insightful and practical takeaways, encouragement, and you can always count on full-out honesty and lots of laughs along the way. Ready for some Trail Mix? Let's mix it up with Mary and Jody. Well, Mary, exciting week coming up. Mm-hmm. That Woo-hoo. might not be, well, it probably is on your calendar because you are very near and dear, but next week is Teachers Appreciation Week. Oh, my goodness. And we both are super huge teacher fans. So we're, we're going to talk up all about Teachers Are Terrific. They today are. they are they are what was it uh, there's a one teacher says uh, i prefer the term educational rock star <laughs> i think that is really what we're talking about here the teacher and and i am you know i am prone to this because so much of my family um, have been an art teacher. So my mother was uh, an art and English teacher. My dad taught for 33 years elementary. David, my son, has not now taught for eight years as a high school math teacher. His wife has taught for 14 years as a pre-K kindergarten PE teacher. And now my daughter has started the substitute. So teaching is in our blood, and I think they do an incredible job. Well, and my favorite quote, it's attributed to, you know, I guess sort of everybody because it's an unknown as far as who started it, but I love it. It says, teaching is the profession that teaches all the other professions. True. Which is so true. So, you know, I also, my sister Fief is a teacher. She's um, heading back to substitute soon and um, after a stint away. And my cousin Kathy is just such a great educator, teacher. And, you know, all the words, the mentoring, the everything that goes along with it, it is it is really the profession that teaches all the other professions it because it's, you know, learning and starting at, of course, the earliest age with, mm-hmm. you know, elementary school and pre-K and all that. I mean, it just, honestly, we must... Uh, celebrate our mm-hmm. teachers and yep. what what they do. Yep. There's a Japanese proverb that says, better than a thousand days of diligent study is one day with a great teacher. Mm-hmm. So maybe we start with our own memories of great teachers in our lives. There were three for me that came to mind. Um, Mrs. Wade was my third grade teacher. Um And I mean, she was just wonderful. And I'll talk in a minute about kind of what's in common. When I was in fifth grade, so I went to school in a Catholic school. So in fifth grade was the first time I ever had a male teacher. And I was over the moon. I mean, this was just like, wow, a male teacher. That was so exciting. I don't remember, but I probably had a crush on him. And then in uh, high school, uh, Mrs. Hill was my drama teacher. And I would say of the three of them that came to mind, 
Um, the three things that I remember most is I, they all believed in me. Um, they all made me feel special and they just stretched me. They challenged me. Um, but I just felt their love. So here we are all these years later. I still remember these three. How about you? Well, it is hard because, I mean, saying I just had great teachers and I know people that, you know, don't feel that way always. And I just, honestly, like I can think of very few exceptions where I didn't have great teachers. And again, for different reasons, but thinking of elementary school, hands down, Mrs. Gardner, who was my fifth grade teacher, I've just, she really brought everything to life for me. And so she would read stories out loud and do different voices and we would act out history. And she just had a way of, you know, when we would do book reports, we would stand up and again, you were supposed to put on a costume or do different (laughs) things. So, so really brought learning to life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, science, it was the first time that we really went outside for a lot of what we were discovering and learning. And so it was magical to help me to see and discover in ways that I, I think that was unique and, and hadn't happened a lot, um, up to that point. So Mm -hmm. that's for sure one. Then junior high, um, it it was my Spanish teacher, Mr. Stark. And I think, again, it was less about learning Spanish, which when I was over in Spain or in Europe or different things, he would have been very sad to see my command <laughs> of my Spanish. I guess I didn't pay enough attention. But I think it he really opened up the world. And again, so passionate. Like that is a thread through my favorite teachers, you know, just Uh opened up the world and, and helped you think bigger and not just what you see right here, but Uh how do you, and, um, you know, it was interesting because again, a quote that I love that isn't attributed to one person, but it says the art of teaching is the art of assisting discovery. Uh So it's not just, you know, what somebody specifically teaches you, like this Spanish that I didn't do a great job at, but made me excited to discover other places and other things. And then Uh in high school, um, Mr. Donovan, who was actually, for me, he was head of activities and I did yearbook and he was the yearbook advisor. and, And so from, I think, a standpoint of really finding my strengths and giving Mm -hmm. me confidence. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was always a little insecure. And so he would encourage me as he did everybody else to be the best you. And so I think not just learning as a whole, but sort of from an individual standpoint, that's Mm -hmm. what I remember. And another quote that says, uh, Students may forget what you said, but they won't forget how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And that is a great quote for me, for mm-hmm. Mr. Donovan, because mm-hmm. it was, you know, he made me feel like I had value. I had something to give. Right. I was, you know, I did have 
talents and things that, that I wanted to learn how to use those and to grow. And Mm -hmm. so those are three that pop to mind for me. Yeah. And as you were talking, I I thought of this other quote by Alexandra Trenfor that says, the best teachers are those who show you where to look, but don't tell you what to see. Mm. So it's a, it's just this you know, show you where to look. So because I have all these teachers in my family, so when I knew we were going to do this podcast, I sent out an email to everybody and I said, okay, tell me what you think is important uh, in great teaching and, you know, any stories. So let me start with the what's important. And this was so interesting. So this was from my dad who taught for 33 years. So he sent me this list, which is just so interesting. So he's like late 80s now. So here's some of the things I think are important from my dad. Uh, Careful preparation, beginning of the school year, weekly, daily. Appearance, dress professionally and act professionally. Can't you just hear my dad? Um, Sense of humor, where appropriate. Uh, venture, seize the opportunity and expand a teachable moment, which I think is really interesting. It's not, you know, you just got to see what comes up. This right. one was, well, and it's the combination of both, like yeah. have a plan, mm-hmm. but then be ready for the moment. Right. Uh, I like it. Um, self-learning, study, successful colleagues, keep current with educational advances, assess personal success and unsuccessful teaching experiences, self-care, live a full life. And then this last one, uh, he said, I had to do a follow-up. I said, tell me what you meant by this, because it just sounded counterintuitive when he first said it. He said, avoid praising individuals, even subtly, in front of others. And I said, Daddy, what did you mean by that? And essentially, what he meant was be careful, because if you are praising a student in the midst of everybody else, everybody else is looking and feeling less than. And I, I just thought that's, that's just so interesting because it's it, a little counterintuitive to me, but I do understand that, you know, he, he just didn't want other children to feel bad, which I just thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. So David, the high school said, uh, what he thought was important, honesty and flexibility. So that goes back to have a plan, but be ready. And Kathy, uh, the pre-K kindergarten, flexibility, enthusiasm, that's what I would expect from her, Uh, consistency, and you have to like what you do. I mean, you know, it's it's hard enough. And then my daughter, who's just gotten back into it um, and substituting, said not just teaching, but connecting, seeing what children need emotionally and educationally. Um, so just some interesting aspects. Mm -hmm. And I think it just, you know, validates what we talked about are those teachers that we really felt connected with because they loved what they did. Um, they make, you know, they make a difference. Um, there's a great quote that says teachers who think they are crazy enough to change the world usually do. So here we are looking back over all these years of our life back to teachers that were, you know, 50 plus years ago and how we can still remember how they made us feel, to your point, and the impact they had on our lives. And interesting that they did have different things on their list because, you know, like all of us, all teachers are different. Mm -hmm. So it is good that that you're having different teachers that are focused on, you know, different pieces of it or 
you know, obviously subject matter different, but it was interesting because I did some research and out of education and the field, they say the top qualities of a good teacher are communication skills, listening, active listening, collaboration, adaptability, empathy, and patience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is that there's threads that obviously patience is one that all teachers have to have or you know, you, that's why I've always thought, oh, I could never be a teacher. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure I'd have the patience. But when I think of like my sister and her style and my cousin, again, both very patient, both great communicators, good listeners, those, they have those qualities, but then their styles are very different. Mm -hmm. Like Fief, you know, nurture, you know, Kathy, much more kind of no nonsense. And some of it is like, are you working with junior high, which mm -hmm. would be Kathy sure. versus elementary school, which at certain points might be Fief, where she really just had to make the kids feel kind of safe and, you know, nurture them then through the learning process because she worked in a really tough area where they didn't always have that, um, you know, just feel secure and safe to be able then to learn. And just what I keep thinking about, you know, we didn't mention this, but obviously you don't do it for the financial reward. <laughs> and, you know, the teachers that I know, and I can remember in Fief's her first job, she worked in a really tough, disadvantaged neighborhood. And she, with her own money, was buying everything from mm -hmm. pencils to paper to to just get these kids what they needed. Mm -hmm. And in this day and age, you know, to have computers and where kids are learning the things that will really help them technically and everything going forward, it's a big expense. Yeah. And oftentimes the schools don't cover all those costs. Right. No, we have to, it, you know, it wouldn't be a fair podcast if we didn't mention the challenges that teachers face, which is what makes them such rock stars. Um, there's a quote that says, teaching is a walk in the park, if that park is Jurassic Park. <laughs> so there are challenges. And I've talked to um, at least David and Kathy particularly about, you know, some of the challenges that they face and they're hard. I mean, there's one thing that came up was just the overall bureaucracy of it all, that it becomes less about teaching, more about business. Mm. And it's getting away from what they're doing and why they got into this and why they love what they do. Um, you know, there are issues around dealing with parents. I mean, parents who are not engaged with their children, not uh, holding their children accountable, um, being critical uh, versus supportive. Um, and what's and interesting with that, Mary, too, is with the teachers that I've known, it doesn't make a difference because I they've been in schools that are very affluent and neighborhoods that are disadvantaged. And you get some of those same issues both places. Right. Obviously, resources become an issue in disadvantaged areas. But as far as 
parents that aren't engaged. I mean, that happens everywhere, sadly. Right. right. Yeah. And and I think it's part of the family cultures that these kids come from um, that then influences the children's behavior to the teacher, which is, you know, said best or said nicely, a lack of respect. I mean, Kathy, again, who deals with pre-K and kindergarten, says you wouldn't believe the words that come out of these kids' mouth when they, these children, <laughs> you know, four, five, six get angry at her and are cussing at her like a sailor. And it's it, it's shocking to her. But again, it, these kids hear the words, so they just repeat them. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't make me do anything. And that squeezes um, just all the joy, I would think, out of um, why teachers do what they do. Um, just this lack of respect, lack of appreciation. Um, you know, David doing high school has had to break up fights in his classroom. I mean, it's just, it's, it's all of, all of this dynamic. I think it all goes back to the relational influence that you have, but you're, you're in Jurassic Park. I mean, you are dealing right. with some really difficult issues that go way beyond the classroom. And then, you know, they have parent-teacher conferences and a very small percentage of the parents even show up. So, you know, they're, they're, they're working so hard without a lot of support sometimes. Right. Which is why, okay, so did you, so one of my favorite teachers that was a college professor was also one of my toughest and toughest on me and almost like a line where, I mean, not scared in a bad way, but like I was scared straight sort of in that class. Uh And it was a class in my major and she had a reputation and, um, Professor Whitlow was just, I mean, she was intense, but you were going to learn. And that was how she did it. And Uh it worked. And I put her up there as definitely my favorite, you know, college professor. But I would say also the toughest teacher that I ever had Uh from really a just commanded you know, like how we would sit up in our seats and how we would Mm -hmm. pay attention and how we, and yet she did it all to prepare because it was a position that you were going to then step into career outside. And she sort of felt like it was the last, Mm, (laughs) you know, come to terms. And, and I've always respected her for that, especially me, because I tend to the other teachers that I said were my favorites were much more gregarious and out there. And it's interesting because like my older brother had some of the same teachers that I had that were my favorites and they weren't his favorites. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, was math and science and I want to learn it. Give me the test. I take the test. And then like, I don't want a project. I don't want to do this. He just wanted, so his teachers that he really gravitated and would say are his favorites Uh were the, just the facts, like straight to the learning. And so we all do learn in different ways, but when it comes to what you were talking about with respect in the classroom and commanding a presence, I think to a certain extent, it's important for learning to happen, for that to take place. 
Yeah, and I think there is so much about the individualization of children. And uh, teachers have to have this incredible skill to understand that different children learn different ways. Um, so consistency has come up when I've talked to my teacher friends of, you know, what they have to do, but it, it is so much the individual, um, David had one of his favorite stories. Um, he had a, a student and her name was Elizabeth and he asked the kids, you know, you know, so I know your name, but what do you like to be called? And she said, well, um, all my friends call me Missy. And he says, okay, so I'll call you Missy. And so, you know, just kind of going along his daily day and, you know, to calling her Missy and just, you know, everything's as usual. Had a parent-teacher conference, and the parents came in, and were talking, and uh, David said, well, yeah, this is what Missy's doing. And, and they said, wait a minute, wait, you know her name? You call her Missy? And he goes, yeah, that's what she told me she would like to be called. And they said, no other teacher has ever called her Missy. Wow. So, I mean, it. I talk about influence, okay? You think about all the educational concepts that you're learning in the class. But it is these, th so not only is he impacting Missy's life, but he's now impacting her parents' life who just said, this teacher really knows my child and mm -hmm. listens, to your point, listens to my child. Um, and individual, it goes back to, you know, me saying, you know, they made me feel special. Well, that makes you feel special when someone right. remembers your name. Um, so, and yeah, really loving you know, on these kids as an extension of the parents. And in some cases, like we were saying, sadly, almost in lieu of that nurturing, you know, that's my cousin Kathy. I mean, it's, she's one of the only people in some of these kids' lives that are really pouring into them right. and listening and like David, learning their name and what yeah. they want to be called. And it is really, when you think about it, honestly, like I can get myself, you know, like we just have to love on these teachers and appreciate yeah. these teachers because yeah. they are the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a great they quote hold that the says, future in their hands. Yeah. The, uh, Nicholas Ferroni says, educators are the only people who lose sleep over other people's kids. Wow. They do. I mean, they it's are the doing this because they love them. Kathy says, you know, for her, it's the joy of seeing a child accomplish a task, even something as simple as learning how to jump rope, okay? And it's that joy. That's what keeps them going. Um, and because, you know, we're, we're celebrating Teachers Week next week. And I know if, if yours are anything like mine and my family, they're already doing the countdown for how many days until the end of the year. So there's a great quote that says, there are three good reasons to be a teacher, June, July, and August. <laughs> so it takes a lot out of you as teachers. Can we just say how much we appreciate you and love you and want to encourage you that you are to what Jody said. You you hold the future in your hands. They it's staring at you every day. 
and you are making uh, more of a dis- di- difference than you could ever know. Do you have and a thanks final? thanks mean a lot. Yes. I mean, thanks. So I would really encourage people you know, go back and thank your teachers and people that you know are teachers. And if you have kids that are, you know, thank their teachers and point out, because usually they do hear only the negative, not always the positive. So it's a good opportunity to love on a teacher who's loving on their students. That's right. So teachers, you are educational rock stars. We love you. We appreciate you. And Maybe take them some trail mix. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. You know, you always take your teacher uh, an apple. But you know what? I think trail mix would be very appropriate. And I'll bet they'd really love the chocolate. And the popcorn. You can find all of our trail mix episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love you to rate and give us a review. And follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Look for Trail Mix Pod with a picture of Trail Mix. To learn more about us, check out our new website, trailmixpod.com. It was great to have you. Thanks for listening to Trail Mix, sorting through life's fruits, sweets, and nuts. Keep mixing it up. And remember, life is nuts. So don't forget the chocolate or the popcorn. Mm -hmm.